welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies of the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 2000 Christopher Nolan neo-noir psychological thriller film Memento with our guest, Jonathan Bell. Welcome, Jonathan. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm going to have to say this movie is leaning towards the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll see about that, Jonathan. We shall see. I'm sure Danielle has lots of questions. Yeah. We'll be happy to talk through all of them. (laughs) The greatest movie ever made. (laughs) So if you want to get to know Jonathan a little better, pause, go back to our trailer and check it out and then come back and join us for the fun of Memento. Yeah, because you could do some nonlinear stuff that's foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) we should just cut this into like mini episodes and then just like release it in backwards order figure it out bitches <laughs> but before we dive into the movie let's get into a little housekeeping, housekeeping. that wasn't my fault it's fine if you love the podcast and you want to support us here are a few ways that you can Did you know writing us a review or rating us can help us get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. And we have a review for this week, which is very exciting. It's titled Obsessed. In all caps. In all caps. (laughs) As a lover of all things 90s and 2000s, I love Jackie and Danielle's insight on all of the films from my youth. I love that they explore the forgotten gems of the era like Holes and the bigger films like My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It's a rarity to to discover a pod where you are literally nodding along with them as they give their takes. This pod is a must listen for all the nostalgia girlies. Aww. And boys. And And dudes. (laughs) anyone really (laughs) and late this is from late to the party with nikki thank you so much yes thank you that was very sweet very very sweet (laughs) (laughs) and if you like what you hear like nikki does head on over to ko-fi.com slash no more late fees and buy us a virtual cup of coffee and you can buy merch to match or I don't know why I said match can't match the coffee thing. <laughs> Just buy our fucking merch. I'm tired of this crap. <laughs> we got new designs. Go we check do. them out. We have new designs. So go to nomorelatefees.redbubble.com. So there is a trigger warning for this movie. We do talk quite a bit about murder and rape and so if that is sensitive to you maybe skip this episode and go to a more happier lively episode (laughs) so memento leonard is tracking down the man who raped and murdered his wife the difficulty however of locating his wife's killer is compounded by the fact that he suffers from a rare untreatable form of memory loss Although he can recall details of his life before the accident, Leonard cannot remember what happens 15 minutes ago, where he's going, or why. It stars Guy Pierce, Carrie Ann Moss, and Joe Pantoliano. 
It was directed and the screenplay was written by Christopher Nolan. And you can currently watch it on HBO Max and Hulu. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So, you know, the drill before we get into the movie, we will reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Trash. Straight up trash. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. I think we already know. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you give your Y2K rating of this movie? Oh, I totally bought I bought the DVD. I bought the collector's edition dvd when it came out i had a poster that went up in one of my places i lived i've seen it tons of times it's my number one favorite movie when i watched it i was blown away highly 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 10 plus stars (laughs) buying it all the time so that's a two-day rental got it (laughs) (laughs) would buy it again perfect jackie so I remember watching this movie. <laughs> oh god. I remember enjoying it and like recommending it to people. Right. I must have only watched it once because I was sitting there with Ken, my husband, and I was like at one point I was like, "Oh, he's acting like his hands hurt." And Ken's like, "You don't you don't remember what happened?" I was like, "No, apparently I I, I was inflicted as with the same memory loss as Leonard, because I remembered shockingly little. It was all brand new to me, which mm-hmm. was exciting to watch it brand new again. Yeah. But so I would say five day rental because I recommended it to people. Yeah. Couldn't remember why, though. Right. <laughs> this movie for me, layers. One. <laughs> <laughs> this is the name of my autobiography, y'all. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know, from the first movie that we did to now, it is a rarity. I remember any of the movies from the past. I just like a goldfish, my memory. (laughs) However, I I remember that I saw this movie. So (laughs) I did see it. (laughs) I use this movie to get boys. What? Yeah. Well, because you just say, like, I watched Memento and they're like, wow, yeah, that's deep. Yeah. (laughs) Every film, bro, that I tried to like date in my college years, this was my go to movie every time. Every time. (laughs) Nobody asks you too, too many questions about it, Mm -hmm. but you get automatic street cred with it. That's fair. So it's I've like I never thought of that. Never thought of that wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a five-day rental for me. I know <laughs> I should have bought it to really push this con through, but I guess they didn't really ask me too many follow-up questions. But it is it's a panty dropper, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, tell us about the box office, Danielle. No problem. She a cheap one. Nine million dollar budget. 
and they made $40 million worldwide, which for an indie, pretty damn good. Yeah. It had its premiere at the 57th Venice International Film Festival in 2000 of September, and then it was released to the United States March 16, 2001. It was- My birthday. <laughs> you damn right it is. <laughs> Look at that. See? It's all lining up, Jackie. <laughs> it was acclaimed by critics. They praised it for its nonlinear structure and motives of memory, perception, grief, and self-deception. It received numerous accolades, including nominations for Best Original Screenplay and Best Film Editing at the Academy Awards. And in 2017, the United States Library of Congress deemed the film culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry. I think this is the second movie we've done so far that's had the same honor. Ease Bayou was our first. I don't think we've done anything as high caliber since. So. Yeah. Because <laughs> this movie is awesome. You mean Daddy Daycare is in, in the it Library of Congress? Not. Can you believe it? And neither is your personal national treasure. A kid in King Arthur's court did not make the list. Okay, that movie though. Let's leave that oh. movie alone. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that movie. <laughs> That movie is great. We'll yeah. have to talk about this later. <laughs> I can't. You know what? That one right next to my rookie of the year copy. Just keep it. Keep those two sacred. <laughs> I'm not getting ganged up on this one. Y'all can have it. Fine. <laughs> the funny thing while watching this movie is the whole time. I kept on looking at Guy Pearson saying, look at this Brad Pitt clone. And it turns out they wanted to get Brad Pitt for it. So interesting. Yeah, he My does have that kind of fight club look to him. He does. He does. I kept uh, looking at him and like, where have I seen you before, <laughs> sir? Those teeth are very recognizable. <laughs> and then I realized because he was the bad guy in bedtime stories, the cinematic classic with Adam Sandler. That is where you know Guy Pierce from, Jackie. Yes. Jeez. I love that movie. That man's career, his whole career, his him acting his ass off. And you remember bedtime stories. Yep. Tragedy. Yep. Okay. I'm not ashamed. It's a wonderful family film and everyone should check it out. The movie I remember him from is the second movie I used to get guys, and it's called the Count of Monte Cristo. Great movie. There yeah, I go. Great movie. That was so good too. Yeah. She she knows the buzzwords. I, I, think, I think I only watched that movie because so Guy Pierce for me, like this was his first movie that I got introduced to him to. So then like everything else after that was like he was in Memento. So when Count of Monte Cristo came out, I'm like, now nah, I'm going to have to watch this movie because he was just so excellent in Memento. And I love the Count of Monte Cristo too. It was a great, it was a great movie. Just reeling them in every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think she said it there like, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder why all your lines worked. All right, that makes sense now. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that 
I should make a video on <laughs> guaranteed to nail a guy in this list of movies. 100%. I could do it. Do a TikTok oh. on it. I will. I will. Do it. <laughs> so I think the only way to do this episode, it's going to be a little different than usual. Usually we just go very linearly through the movie and talk about it. But because this movie is non-linear, my notes are a hot mess. I was very confused. At one point, Ken and I were saying the same thing, but using different words and confusing one another to describe this movie. So I think we're just going to talk about it holistically and okay. talk about like the parts that stood out to us. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the the thing that stays consistent throughout the whole thing. Fair. So much so that when we got to the end, oh, it's over. <laughs> That's what I I was like. I think I'm going. I'm coming out as much as I came in. I don't know. <laughs> so I I will say I did enjoy the opening shot was him like shaking it like a polaroid picture because it was which doesn't work by the way no, it just ruins your polaroid it does but it it was played in reverse so like as he shakes it it actually gets less and less developed instead of more and more developed which i thought was a nice touch so the way the movie plays out is like you have these little segments that show you what happened. And then the next segment that plays kind of at the end of that segment, it leads into the segment before. But it's also intercut with these black and white vignettes of him explaining kind of backstory of this other character. Is it Jimmy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and were there two Jimmys in the movie? There was, yeah. Well, the guy that's Teddy, his his had his other name, but then the guy that are we doing spoilers on his show or no? Yeah, yeah. They no. they get so the, the full guy movie. that he the guy that he kills that's John G. John G. Yeah, that's another Jimmy guy. I think his name was. But then who was the the guy that he tells the story about? Like, don't forget Sammy Jankus. Sammy. Okay. There was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of I, names. I will give this PSA. Don't take a very strong gummy the night before you have to watch this movie. <laughs> in case lingering drugs, said drugs, stay in your system. If you do drugs, don't do it. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what happened to me. I'm just saying it's not probably going to be hazardous to you trying to figure out what's going on. Shout out to Hometown Heroes. <laughs> Actually, I did some, but never mind. It okay. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it allegedly, to, allegedly, allegedly. It happened to a friend. <laughs> and I'm just retelling that story. And that friend did not use Hometown Heroes. So ah, it's a different okay. batch. So, okay, let me try and do synopsis of <laughs> while what you're, we see. Well, do we want to talk about how this movie even came into creation? Because it's actually pretty interesting. Sure, let's do it. 
So obviously Christopher Nolan wrote the screenplay for this movie, but it was an, a road trip with him and his brother, Jonathan. They did a cross country road trip from Chicago to LA. And as they were taking the drive, Jonathan pitched a story for a film to his brother and they were both really enthusiastic about it. But then a few months later, Christopher had to keep harassing Jonathan to write the Dick Dagon short story. And so what ended up happening is that Jonathan started to write the short story at the same time that Christopher was writing the script. And so they're, and they would talk over the phone. They would, you know, share ideas and see it. So it's like they were influenced by each other, but were doing two different stories at the same time, which is kind of That's cool. pretty cool. I've never yeah. actually heard that story before. That's pretty neat. Yeah, so the movie is based on Memento Mori, which is Jonathan's story. And uh, Jonathan named the character John G after Jonathan. Well, sorry, Christopher named the character John G after his brother Jonathan and the fact that he was going to Georgetown University. Also, his screenwriting professor at the time was John Glavin. So I thought that was cool that little things. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Some of the best things happen on road trips. That's pretty nice. <laughs> and just like road trips, you still have to motivate yourself to finish all your thoughts when the road trip is over. So that's exactly. really, that's actually pretty dang inspiring to hear that. This podcast was partially formed during a road trip. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I was at home. Yeah. <laughs> he was on the road. I my husband and I were driving to Arkansas from Austin and so he was like you got nothing but time get it done and so I called Danielle <laughs> and we we decided on the name the color scheme everything that's for the pretty podcast. dang cool yeah that's yeah. pretty dang cool <laughs> yeah it's probably one of the only ideas that I've done that wasn't in a dream interestingly enough yeah Everything else I've everything else I've done, I've dreamt. I'm real. I'm here. <laughs> now you're stuck with me. No, I just mean like when I came up with the name of like my business and oh, yeah. when I had the blog, like all of that. I I just like woke up and it's like, that's what it is. This one, <laughs> I don't remember how we got to no more late fees. I think we were talking on the phone and we were just writing stuff in the notebook and trying to think of things that would be blockbuster related we got really lucky because like we did there's nothing named no more late fees on social and stuff so it just was kismet so it was yeah. yes <laughs> okay so memento there are a couple of characters that follow us throughout this movie obviously leonard the main protagonist who has short-term memory loss and he copes with that by taking Polaroids, writing notes, and then tattooing really important information on his body. I just feel like, why didn't he have some sort of, like, his tattoos, the design of it was all over the place. <laughs> you know what, though? This movie, it made me, like, want to get tattoos all over the body. <laughs> and actually, that's how, that's why I have, like, all my tattoos on my rib cage and everything. Really? After I saw this movie, I got tattoos, like, they're all here. <laughs> and it's because I loved how, just like you said, they're, like, they're just all over the place, just different types of fonts and just, like, 
mismatched and put together, but it all like forms a really nice like piece of art in general. Mm-hmm. And that when I saw that movie, I was like, I'm going to eventually end up doing that one day. And I did. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what did, was the yeah. first tattoo you got? Well, I got my last name put on me on my side, but my second tattoo is I put <laughs> this has to do with this movie too. I put uh-huh. a, I, I put lyrics from a killer song because the killer is my favorite band, but I put it backwards on me so that like you can only read it if you look at it in a mirror. Well, I like that. Yeah, just like <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> That's really cool. So the other characters we meet are Teddy, who played by Joe. Antiliano. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and he's he's just always around. Like he's always <laughs> popping up. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. But they were hesitant to hire him because he plays a villain so well. Mm-hmm. They thought people would have a hard time believing him not to be a villain. But I actually think that worked out for the best in this movie because you're constantly thinking that he's a bad guy, but not sure. Yeah, he just has this whole cloud of like shade over him the whole right. time, you know? So it really, really worked. When I first saw him pop up in that, well, I was like, Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, it's Carrie Ann Moss who, who got him the job. Well, that makes even more sense. Yeah. Who were they trying to get? Dennis Leary. I don't know. I, I think I, I think he was way better for this role i think um, dennis leary would have had just like that little harder edge yeah that yeah. joe doesn't have because he has this little like comedic kind of thing and mm-hmm. like I, I appreciate it all his little like one-liners and everything he had like such a nice little touch to it because yeah who he is and nolan decided to cast carrie ann moss because he felt she added an enormous amount to the role of natalie that wasn't on the page Although actress Mary McCormick was lobbying for the role. Interesting. Best choice that he made. Yeah, she was great in this. Yeah, I don't think I would have liked Mary McCormick in this role. I need to actually look up who that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, Carrie Ann Moss, I think, was a great choice for that one. Yeah, plus Mary, Mary McCormick is the woman who lobbied all of her friends in the industry to get that lady nominated for her Oscar randomly and kicked out potentially Danielle and uh, Woman King. Viola. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was her? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not too mad about her not being in this movie. So the other characters we meet are Natalie played by Carrie Ann Moss. We, and, and then Bert. Is that his name? The guy Bert? at yeah, the, the motel? motel the yeah, the clerk or... With it, who yeah. needed a beard trim and a haircut. <laughs> he was living his best life, getting all the money out of... Oh my God. He just like straight up admits because he knows this dude's going to forget. He's like, yeah, I've been double charging you and you actually have two rooms because <laughs> you won't remember. Yeah, yeah well, I'm... Funny. What's her face? Spits in his his beer Ugh. and says, "On the house." 
well and but that was to test and make sure like he didn't have memory loss there's so much so many nicer ways to test someone than to spit in their beard oh by allowing them to give you too much insulin is that the other way (laughs) that was also bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the story he tells about sammy jenkins allegedly because um, we don't even know if that really happened or not yeah. right <laughs> where his wife was just randomly hiding making him hide his food to see if he was faking or not and then starving him yeah. to see if he remembered or would go and get the food he had yeah that... there were a lot of pieces of this movie that, uh, mm, not great no <laughs> I have a question. Okay. What happens in this movie? <laughs> so <Liz>. essentially, <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> so, okay. It is a story about kind of the lies we tell ourselves and what we choose to remember or believe as fact and what we kind of pretend or like admit from our memory there are certain things that happen in this movie where he chooses to to change the facts so that he through his notes and his tattoos remember things a certain way it just i think it's really cool because I was asking myself while watching this, like if I woke up the next day with this this situation, would I have gut instincts to be able to suss people out that mm-hmm. essentially I'm meeting for the first time? And I think, yes, I think I would be able to tell, like I would be able to read if people were, at least their intentions were no good or bad, but. But if you so- don't remember that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I meet people now and I have I'll I can meet someone and I'll just know somebody right with them. I don't know what it is. Well, but... and he does talk about pre-memory loss, how he was an insurance adjuster and his whole job was to figure out if people were lying or not, getting a good read on them. And that's the whole thing with Sammy Jenkins. So Sammy Jenkins was a client of his who he was in a car accident, had short-term memory loss. And through Leonard's research had determined that it was not psychological. It was physical. No, it was physical. It was not. It was not physical. It was psychological. psychological. Yeah. And so they did not pay out for that insurance claim. And one of the, the, contingent like the key observations that Leonard based his decision on was when he every time he went and met Sammy he would kind of give him a look like they had met met before before. but then later on he said it was just someone who was trying to pretend and fake it the best he could which because of his condition which is so normal if you have encountered anybody with dementia or Alzheimer's, because there's a little bit, especially if they are cognizant that they have Mm -hmm. a a disorder where they can't remember, there's like a bit of shame that goes with it. And so they don't want to let someone know that they don't remember them. So they will a hundred percent fake it. 
which is sad. Yeah. And, and so he, he tried to go through because he said most of the time you could perform these, these tests on people and eventually they will perform certain tests on instinct. So they did these trials with Sammy where he would go in and be asked to pick up certain objects and some were electrified. And he would do this over and over and over again. And with the hope of eventually because of just rote like muscle memory almost and instinct, he would know which shapes to avoid. Well, Sammy never got to that point. And right. so Leonard's like, there's never really been an observation of someone who d- couldn't get to that instinctual point, but everything pre the accident, he remembered. Right. So, and his wife was a diabetic and he always gave her her insulin. So he knew exactly how to do that, what dose to give things of that nature, but anything after the accident, he is essentially like 10 second time from. Yeah. speaking of 50 first dates this is a little different because in 50 first dates lucy that's her name right yep lucy can remember an entire day like Mm -hmm. she remembers her day but with leonard he he'll forget because that's what was tripping me up was that i was thinking i was coming in with 50 first dates knowledge Mm -hmm. and expecting the same results and i was like wait a minute he literally was just sitting there and he forgot. Uh, that's when it clicked for me. I was like, oh, this is and not an entire day. This is These are segments for- Of, even... of what he remembers from right. segment to segment. Yeah. yeah. What scene or scene stand out like the most in your mind right now? The one where he is on the toilet holding the bottle saying, okay, I'm not drunk. But then also- <laughs> him in the shower and I was like wait a minute when did he get in the shower why did he get in the shower wasn't he just some but I think I looked away for a second so that might be those are the two things that I remember the most for me it's the scene with Natalie telling him like I'm gonna talk shit to you and then you won't remember in like 10 minutes yeah that was so that was pretty good yeah I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, damn, that is so, so messed up to do to somebody. But also it's like, it, it really made like his whole case, like he just, and it wasn't enough that she spit in his beer, you know, but then to mm-hmm. do that, you're like, okay, this guy really isn't kidding, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it was so premeditated because she took the pens and hid them all. So yes. he could not write anything down. And like his frantic, like, don't forget, don't forget, like his internal monologue of like, don't forget, you need to write it down. (laughs) And then the car door distracts him and like, right out the window. So what I don't understand is, yes, notes are great. Pictures are great. But at this point in technology, we had the ability to record your voice. Like you could trust your voice. So why did he not record himself? throughout the day i don't think it would have had the same effect if he walked around with a tape recorder instead of yeah. a polaroid camera you know 
I guess and he from an aesthetic so... standpoint, <laughs> it's not. But from a logic standpoint, it would have well, made sense. But he also w- said over and over, like, I I prefer face-to-face interactions. I don't prefer to do things over the phone. It was almost like he needed that tangent. He had to be able to see something. Video take camera. Take a picture of it. It's 2000. <laughs> I'm just, come on, y'all. I mean, I did sit there and think like this would be harder to make now because like you would just have your phone with important he, information. He should have <laughs> like, done it. Watch that, me. Again for 51st dates, they used a, a video camera and yeah. then the next morning there would be the VHS like, hey, bitch, you don't remember shit. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's true. But again, no. if I if we had done that, we wouldn't have gotten a movie. I, I get it. But <laughs> I, the whole time I was just like, there would have been easier ways for this one. But okay. Maybe and the only insurance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the I, only visible tattoo he has on him is on his hand. And it just says, remember Sammy Jenkins. I'm just um, mad he didn't have any neck tattoos. You know how I feel just like a little poking out and you know the rest is under the shirt yeah fair like like george clooney's tattoo in from dust till dawn still best tattoo ever i don't know about that but it's it's up there yeah hands down (laughs) i do like no regrets from that what's that movie called oh god meet the the one with jennifer aniston and Emma Roberts, where they pretend to be a family. Oh, we are the Millers. There you go. Yes. No regrets. <laughs> so other notable things. Leonard drives a oh, God. Jag. <laughs> it's important in the end, Danielle. Uh, right. And Teddy is always trying to find a reason for them to switch cars. Yeah, why does he always want the car? Because the cash was in the back. (laughs) Oh, okay. Question. Why does he have cash? Okay. (laughs) Did you finish the movie? Did I finish? There's something about a drug dealer. And then John G, I'm confused. (laughs) So, okay. So, (laughs) welcome to my life, Jonathan. So Natalie's boyfriend is Jimmy G. Jimmy G is a drug dealer, drugs out of her bar. Right. So Jimmy G goes to meet Teddy, who he thinks he's going to sell like a bunch of drugs. But Teddy's an undercover cop. Correct. Right. So, but Teddy. Who pretends to be the snitch. Yeah, but Teddy sets Leonard up. Mm-hmm. Because it's like Jimmy G, John G, it's similar. So he's mm-hmm. like, this is your guy. Sends Jimmy to a warehouse. And Jimmy brings drugs and cash. Or I guess he just had cash. I guess, was he trying to get the drugs from Teddy? I think yeah. that's what it was. And so he brought $200,000 in cash in the back of his Jag. So Leonard kills him. And then steals his clothes makes him undress while he's still alive and then like puts on his suit and everything 
and then steals the Jag and starts driving the Jag around. But he doesn't remember any of this because he doesn't document it when he does it. Which yes. explains why his clothes are a little bit too big for him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But how yeah. long he been wearing them clothes? How many days go by in this movie? He says when they pull back up to the warehouse at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> there's a truck parked there. And he's like, these tracks are only a couple days old. Okay. So at least he, ba- you know what? I can't complain. He bathed once that I he saw. <laughs> When I when I so when I first saw this movie, I picked it off of a shelf at Blockbuster. I was with a very very close family friend, and we watched it probably like at ten o'clock at night. But I love how after I finished watching it, it felt like it felt like I didn't need to hit rewind because it hit the beginning of the movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you watch it, and it just feels like you're at the beginning of it. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to. It it really tripped me out like that much. Yeah, And for some reason, it stuck with me, like the monologues in it, all the little things about like memory and lying to yourself and changing your perception on things. And so for that reason, like it really got me into Christopher Nolan and his work. And I think like when The Prestige came out and all of his other stuff, I might just have to go watch it right away. But yeah, this one, I like a lot of things that have to do with like, like, I don't know, kind of not really hallucinating, but like distorted memory or like, you know, you see something, did it really happen? Did it not happen? Like, you know, psychological thrillers, things of that nature. So this movie really stood out to me a lot. And there's like a line in the movie when he's doing his monologue laying on the bed and he's the last thing he says is like, how am I supposed to heal if I don't fill time? I'm like, dang, this is a movie like it has such great writing to it as well. Yes. Like it really makes you think about a lot of things. And, and a end, lot, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. A lot of those voiceovers were, I, I think Christopher Nolan gave Guy Pierce kind of liner notes of what needed to be hit, but most of those were improv by Guy Pierce. So they sounded more authentic, just rambling. That's and, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. And especially at the end of the movie when he's, He's saying, like, do I lie to myself to be happy? And like, God damn, like everybody, you know, everybody does yeah. that to themselves, you know. And it's it's pretty interesting to see like this whole kind of wrestling with yourself. And then at the end, you're just like, you know what? It's my life. I'm gonna do what I want. If I lie to myself to be happy in this regard, I'm gonna do it anyway. And I know there's sometimes like I I really believe in journaling, like as a form of like therapy or writing out your thoughts. So I journal a lot. But I got to admit, there's sometimes when I don't want to do things or I mean, if I don't want to remember something, I'll just like literally say to myself, do I want to remember this or not? And I just won't write it down because I know Mm -hmm. I will. I'll forget it. You know what I mean? But if I do want to remember it, then I'll write it down in a journal to look back on. But it's just those little things like that where, you know, your memory and everything is held so like important because it's how you you view yourself how you view life ahead of you and we have the power to distort that if we wanted to you know so to have that wrapped up into a whole like crime thriller it's <laughs> out of order that really plays to like the whole did you remember this right did you see this right i thought it was like a really interesting take on it as a whole yeah if you really want to know who you were like 10 20 years ago and you were a person who journals reading back some of the stuff you wrote then is very, it's a really cool exercise, but it's also trippy out. My mom found three of my old notebooks from college and 
it was just like a lot of my like organic chemistry notes and stuff like that. And I was like, this bitch was neat. Like you should see (laughs) this handwriting. I was like, okay. But I did what I always do, which is if I have one notebook for one thing, I will start doodling or write something else in it that has nothing to do with said thing and mess up my notebook. I was going through it and I found like an entry of me just kind of talking about someone I was dating at the time. And I was like, oh God, this is a gut punch. And I said, mom, you didn't read this stuff, did you? She's like, no, I am afraid she did. (laughs) (laughs) I do not want her to know these things that I wrote, but I don't even remember that happening, but it's in there. Yeah, it's creepy. Memory's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. That's why this is why I choose to live my life like Dory. I don't know what happens. (laughs) How's it going, everybody? This is Chewy. And this is Monica. And we are from the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. Where we talk about stuff like horror films, shows, and folk legends. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podchaser. Like us and give us a review. Well, my question, Natalie... Mm-hmm. So she just happened to find out about him because of her boyfriend telling her about the guy with no memory, correct? The, the cop that came into her bar. Told her about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was and talking then, about the case. So essentially, they figured this case out a long time ago, but he keeps doing this to himself so he doesn't have to sit with the grief of losing his wife like to really sit with it correct also because if he didn't and he wrote a note saying your wife is dead and this is why it would be like grieving every day so he chooses a mystery instead i think he said like this is the only thing i have to live for is to avenge my wife's death i think if if i look at it now understanding the whole story looking at it as a movie about grief is another interesting thought process because grief like the real big hit hard-hitting ones does feel like you have memory loss because you get used to that person not being around all the time but then you have just that short blip of like remembering them and it like kills every time because you don't know when it's going to hit. So sometimes you do forget that they're not gone. You go to call them or something like that, you know? So that I can relate to everything else. I'm still probably confused, but I think that's a good way of looking at it though. I've never thought of it in that way. And if we talk about the ending, which is the beginning. So he, (laughs) he kills jimmy the drug dealer takes his clothes in his car he doesn't even really give a shit about the money but that did answer probably a question that ken had was how is he paying for double hotel rooms every night 
but he got the cash in the trunk so. but he yeah. but he he all he also said he answered that because he said i was an insurance person so i'm sure i actually got insurance for my life right and i got money from that so yeah. and then so after jimmy is killed teddy kind of reveals he he's a cop and which is verified like he has a cop badge on him but he's a dirty and cop. he explains that Leonard has already killed the person who raped and killed his wife. And now Teddy's just kind of taking advantage of Leonard and kind of just having him kill anyone who fits this profile of like the John G. And Leonard's like, this is a thing that like, I didn't really, it wasn't my favorite part of, the movie was like the catalyst for all of this was I really thought it was going to come out that like his wife was a drug addict and it was like a drug deal gone wrong. And then it was just like, Oh no, just this dude, Teddy making him kill random people for really no reason. (laughs) I thought that he killed his wife and he was, he purposely did this and stuff to himself so he didn't remember that he did it that's i had that thought as well at one point (laughs) that's how i remembered this movie (laughs) in my head (laughs) but jonathan knowing that this movie like knowing how this is kind of like some of those mystery movies can be one and done but with this movie i feel like you could watch it a few times Mm -hmm. and see different perspectives do you do you watch it a lot or is it just like your go to Yeah, I watch it every other like I'll either, I'll either watch like clips of it on YouTube of my favorite parts or I'll just watch it or if I'm like pretty much in a circle of friends or if I'm dating somebody it's it, it's always going to put it on and make them watch it, you know, cuz it's yeah. like <laughs> one of those movies. So I watch it actually quite often and every single time I watch it I feel like there's always something new that I haven't seen before it's one of those kind of movies that I still like appreciate so maybe you can answer a question that I kind of just made up an answer for when my husband (laughs) asked me last night who is Dodd and why why did Natalie want vengeance on him I think he had something to do with her boyfriend like something happened before with them. So she wanted, she was kind of using him like Teddy was using him with the memory thing. That's why she's spinning his beer, like trying to test him out if he really mm-hmm. can remember stuff. And then she set him up to that because he had done something with her boyfriend that she wasn't too fond of or something like that. Okay. Did she that, not think pretty okay. much what I speculated as well? Did she not think that? I thought she thought, I thought she thought Dodd killed her boyfriend and didn't know Leonard did it and blamed him. No, she, she knew Leonard did it right away because Leonard showed up in Jimmy's car wearing Jimmy's clothes. You're right. You're right about that. Okay. Super weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like. How much did she hate her boy? She's mad at Dodd for doing something with her boyfriend, but not mad at Leonard for killing him. And she's she slept with him, right? 
Yeah. Or did they just sleep next to each other? No, no I think they, yeah. <laughs> I think they did. Because when he met her in the restaurant, I mean, she was so, she was so bent on like, I'm this good, you're going to remember me, da-da-da-da-da. When, when, when he didn't, you could just see like, okay, I guess this is, like, that was another thing, like, you're not pretending. And you could tell it really kind of hurt her ego, too. When she's just like, I think you'll remember me. And he's like, I won't. She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, no. Uh, <laughs> every, every guy on Bumble. <laughs> like, I, she's like, I think you will. He's like, no, whatever. <laughs> and just like I say, women believe men when they tell you stuff. They tell you the truth. They don't have the energy to lie. I mean, they will lie, but most of the time they'll tell you the truth. Also, like, could you imagine, like, you're having sex with someone and, ha- like, during the act, they forget who you are? Like, what do you do waking up into that? Like, imagine him waking up and he's in the middle. Like, that's scary. <laughs> that would be pretty scary. I mean, he woke up in a bathroom and was like, oh, I must have been going to take a shower. I guess it's time to shower now. But I like, that's a quality I like at him. First inclination has got to get clean. So. Yeah. Love to hear that. So Leonard's wife. So this is where it's kind of up for kind of interpretation as a viewer. If he created this Sammy character to remind himself of what he did. Or if Sammy was actually another person, because Teddy was trying to say that Sammy's story was actually Leonard's story and that Leonard was the one who accidentally overdosed his wife on insulin because she was just trying to figure out a way to get him to remember. And she thought, well, surely he's not going to kill me with insulin. Or she was just tired of living this this life of wondering if it was psychological versus physical and so decided essentially suicide by leonard so really what that means that teddy would have made up the whole your wife was murdered and raped so why does he have such a strong memory of that then well, no, Teddy said he was the cop that took the case when, when, so I think that actually did happen, but everything that led up to that part, yeah, it's, I really, I don't really know which, what's true or not, if it was actually him or if it was a story, mm-hmm. but that's like, that's the fun Jonathan, part of this you're movie. you're supposed to have answers. But well, the well, answer is like, <laughs> it's, it's audience interpretation. And, <laughs> that's the whole Teddy, point. Like uh, the whole memory is like distorted. Yeah, and Teddy says, yes, that happened, but your wife survived. Mm-hmm. And then you had the memory loss from the the fight. From the fall. Yeah. Mm. So it, it, it's very much open up, open to interpretation of for the viewer and kind of Christopher Nolan does leave those breadcrumbs and kind of different things sprinkled throughout the movie that like you said, Jonathan, every time you watch it, you get something else out of it or you notice something that you didn't notice before. And so we see also at the end, really the beginning, that after Leonard kills Jimmy, he takes a Polaroid 
for his visual memory bank. But then after Teddy kind of reveals like, yeah, you've just been killing people all over the place. I help you out. This is when Leonard kind of figures out he's going to take Teddy's abuse of power into his own hands and decides to get vengeance on Teddy. And so, and Teddy says, my mom's the only one that calls me Teddy. I'm undercover. So that's my, the name I'm using, but my name is actually John G. Jingleheimer. <laughs> <laughs> and so Leonard decides to kind of make his own future and burns the picture of Jimmy and writes down a new tattoo to get, which is the license plate of Teddy's car. So that once someone is able to help him out or by some means in the future, that's the breadcrumb that will lead him back to Teddy, which is the beginning of the movie is him shooting and killing Teddy. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty... But he's out here murking people. Nobody's coming to get his ass at this point. Like, Teddy's a cop. Nobody's coming to get him. Like, hello? Well, we don't, that, it ended after that. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know, you know what happens after that. I know, but he, he's just like <laughs> killing people. And I'm like, nobody's coming to get his ass yet. Well, Teddy... well cause Teddy's a cop. And he's probably having him kill these people for his own gain. You know, Jesus. like he's a dirty cop. Yeah, or he'll he said like I guess the the people that raped and murdered his wife were just random drug addicts or something like that, yeah. and they didn't realize that Leonard was home. They thought they were just going to be able to break in and rob this woman. So it, it sounded like maybe people that wouldn't be quickly noticed, or like the investigation wasn't going to go along long because they were just drug addicts and probably homeless and things of that nature yeah <gasps> but yeah mm. that was i thought it was pretty interesting at the end when well that like i said earlier the whole do i lie to myself to be happy because he's literally just like you know what it's gonna be you now <laughs> and he just like yeah. just like that you just you know forgot it and i'm gonna go after you yep it's pretty interesting do you think that we have to lie to ourselves to be happy I don't think we have to, but I think we use it as an option when we want to. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> was, that, was that a rhetorical question for you, Danielle? <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to live as much as I can. And if that make, if I have to live a little delusionally at times, then I'm fine with that. I mean, That's... I'm fine with you. I do. I mean, but we do it all. Like, we... There are things we do either, even like as far as, you know, people tell you sometimes like your whole like life isn't like rainbows and butterflies and this and that and there's stuff going on. And I'm like, you could choose to ignore everything going on in the world that you don't want to look at. And, you know, people complain about like social media and their feeds all the time. But then like you meet people that have their feeds totally no like strife or grief or anything. And then you're just like, well, now you got to stay in the loop. Now you criticize them for not knowing what's going on in the world, right. you know. But it's like we we are in control of how we want it, what we take in, and what we want to see. True. That that I think, like obviously on the podcast, we talk about a lot of real things, but 
I, I think we make our social media feeds a filtered nostalgia with positive things or fun things that people can remember on purposely not always talking about the real things happening because sometimes we just need a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not that the nineties and two thousands were perfect, but I think that is what happens every time a generation gets older, they look back at their childhood as if it was like, yeah. You know, back in my day, back in my day, (laughs) we used a big old bong to smoke weed, not these (laughs) newfangled things you kids are using nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. It it makes me think about like the 90s, how obsessed we were with like the 60s, like it was so freaking great for certain groups of the population, but it wasn't. It was not all rainbows and butterflies, but that's not how our generation was introduced to it because the older generation was going through full-blown nostalgia at that time. So, yep. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I get it now. <laughs> I understand the movie a hundred percent. Oh, do you, you want to read that back to us? Yeah. <laughs> There was a crooked cops, you see. <laughs> yeah, there's a white man in the city, ain't got the best of memory, trying to figure out solve true crimes that he saw on a podcast, believes it to be his <laughs> wife. There's a crooked cop conning him and a woman giving up Nookie, but also conning him named Natalie. <laughs> then he's staying at a real shitty motel and that guy's conning him as well, the guy who works at the um, hotel. And uh, he's chasing a bunch of Polaroid pictures. The end. Oh, he kills job. people as well. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl from CSI randomly shows up in his memories. Yes. You know, I wonder what would happen if you would have actually went in depth with that as an extra part of your pickup lines. <laughs> no no gotta if, keep if, it if, if somebody actually said oh yeah what happened and you're like well <laughs> <laughs> some shit okay. went down let me just tell you so first of all they're not gonna ask you like what happens right you you end up just saying guy pierce in this movie oh my god right and then you're like and christopher nolan like oh it was like the jump off of like everything i need to know about him as a director or filmmaker right that's all I have to say. Nobody asked me any more questions. Wait, were they really film bros, though? Because you know how guys are in general. They went, oh, yeah? If you really watched it, what happened? What's this? No, What's no, I, I, I have to say this. I don't date real film bros. Like, <laughs> like I can't. I would hate them. I would hate myself. So it's like film bro light. You know, just enough to get my toe in. You know? Uh, okay. Back then, it was this movie... Count of Monte Cristo, Usual Suspects, mm. Reservoir Dogs. Men always love that one. I I don't know the violence of it all. Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's another one. I mean, those screwball comedies are always. But I'm a I'm more of a thinking man. I don't you know. I like a thinking guy, so those are the <laughs> movies that I would utilize. Gotta make this list, Jack. You gotta make this list. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, well, I, that's memento, right? I, yeah. <laughs> what else we could say? The shortest yeah, episode Yeah, make ever. me want to watch it again now. <laughs> just some notable other actors that were considered be- beyond just Brad Pitt, Charlie Sheen, Alec Baldwin, and Aaron Eckhart, Eck- Eckhart, and Thomas Jane. I could see Thomas Jane and Aaron Eckhart, yes. Eckhart but I could not see Charlie Sheen. And I don't think I would have gotten that from an Alec Baldwin even back then. Yeah. No. Yeah. Guy Pierce is pretty perfect. Perfect. Role. Yeah. But I'm glad he gave Eckhart a chance in another one of his movies. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Batman. And what else? Was he in something else? Oh, yeah. He was Harvey Dent. So, okay. Just Batman movies. Yeah. So it was a 25 day shooting schedule. So pretty tight schedule and then Carrie Ann Moss shot all of her scenes in eight days. Dang. That's quick. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, watched this movie a bunch, but I never really like looked up stuff on it. <laughs> well that's that's what that's what we got for you. <laughs> we may not know the plot of the movie, but we've got the facts. We got the fun facts. <laughs> And Christopher Nolan's brother, Jonathan, designed the film's official website, and it was a similar marketing strategy to the Blair Witch Project, so the website was intended to provide further clues and hints to introduce the story while not providing any concrete information. I love that. I do, too. That's, That's fun. I do remember that Blair Witch Project site. I don't know why my scaredy behind thought I was going to play on there. It was, I was really creeped out by that movie because I thought it was real. So there's a really fantastic book called Best Movie Year Ever, and it's the year 1999. And so there's a whole chapter about like the Blair Witch phenomena and how like the actors had to like stay undercover. Like the movie went to Sundance and all this stuff and like they couldn't go out because it would ruin the illusion that it was based like a true story. Yeah. I, that's what I love about the movies pre-social media because like mm-hmm. you could do something like that. You can't do anything like that now. We could barely keep up with like Love is Blind and not finding out that they cheated <laughs> halfway through. Or less. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw Blair Witch, shockingly. <laughs> but we say, like I, I don't watch those movies but i do remember it being like a huge 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 thing it was definitely yeah i was scared <laughs> i did i yeah i don't I mean that was the same year the matrix came out wasn't it it is yes. so here let me and the matrix was interesting too because i don't remember it being really promoted like as this huge blockbuster action movie I don't even, I didn't see that movie in the theater. I saw it on VHS and it blew my mind. I was like, how did I not even know that this movie came out? Did you, did you see like promotion for it, Jackie, when it came out? No, because I mean, no one knew who the directors were. And like, it it was just like this weird little sci-fi movie that just got legs. But I highly recommend that book. And Let me look and see who the author is. Brian Rafferty. Mm -hmm. And so just a few of the movies that came out in 99. Fight Club, The Matrix, Office Space, Election, Blair Witch Project, Sixth Sense, Being John Malkovich, Phantom Menace, American Beauty, Virgin Suicides, Boys Don't Cry, 
The Best Man, Three Kings, and Magnolia. Ten Things I Hate About You came out in 99, too. Yeah. (laughs) They go into way more movies than that. If you see the list, you're just like, holy crap. And it was like, yeah. And it, it was like such new and innovative cinema as well. It wasn't same old stories being rehashed. It was like you got that whole like sci fi movement with Matrix where it was new camera shots introduced and, and new digital effects. You got Phantom Menace with LucasArts and their new effects. You got beautiful storytelling in American <laughs> Beauty. Like it was just, yeah, I could go Magnolia on and on. But like, too, and all the other Fight Club uh, because, yeah. Was... Yeah, Sixth Sense where it was like the twist ending no one saw coming. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, just in case people missed it on the trailer episode, why don't you tell them where they can find you on social media? Uh, my name is Jonathan Bell, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-B-E-L-L-E. You could find myself on all the social media if you type that into any search bar. And as usual, you guys can check us out at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And we're going to start with you, Jonathan. What is your present day rating of this oh, movie? Buy it a hundred times over. Still. <laughs> Not surprised, not surprised. Jackie? I'm going to stick with Five Day. I I think it's really unique storytelling. And we really haven't seen much storytelling like this since. Like the, it wasn't something that like became a fad or anything. It kind of still stands alone as a really unique way to, to do a movie. Yep. Yeah. Danielle? Yeah. Yeah, five-day rental. I might not have gotten everything right away, but it hit the noggin for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm i always down for a unique perspective since we're just, it feels like we're rehashing the same things over and over again. Yeah. So to get something that felt original was good. And it held my attention Mm-hmm. as short as it may be because um, it's a little clip you only have to pay attention for like five minutes at a time <laughs> it's like all right chugging along i, I could do this <laughs> well if you have any stories about your first time watching memento or, or if you were con- as confused as danielle or would like to explain memento to danielle <laughs> hit us up at our quick drop 909601 and MLF 909601-6653. us at the Twitter or leave a message on our <laughs> Spotify for Podcasters account and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we take life a quarter mile at a time with Fast and the Furious. Dang. It's going to be unhinged. It's it's all about family, dude. It is all about family. <laughs> oh, boy. And Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. And the insight that you brought to Memento was fabulous. So thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, I appreciated the answers. I felt like I got <laughs> solid answers to my question. <laughs> Okay, but now I will want both of you to, when this is over, just type in that monologue when he's lying in bed on YouTube and just look at it one more time. 
sit and reflect. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, be kind and rewind.